Welcome to Wealth Builders Real Estate Investing Podcast with your host, Marcus Cron. We interview experts so you can understand all aspects of real estate investing. Whether you're a passive investor or an experienced syndicator, this podcast can guide you on your journey of building wealth through real estate. If you want to get in touch with me directly to learn more about real estate or to see all of the available podcast episodes and show notes, visit my website, marcuscron.com. Hey guys, Marcus Cron here. Welcome to Wealth Builders Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I'm joined by Chris Salerno, who has reached a very high level of achievement in real estate at a very young age. You're going to be inspired by his level of achievement and passion, so I'm really excited to have him on the show today. So Chris, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here and to add value to everybody. Yeah, yeah. And I know you will add a ton of value today. I've heard you talk before and and you're passionate, you're excited, you're motivated. I love it. <laughs> I'm excited for you to you know share with my audience today. So a little bit about Chris. At 25 years old, he has sold over $40 million in real estate volume and helped lead the number one real estate team in the Carolinas. He is named to Charlotte's 30 under 30. He is the founder of QC Capital, which is a national multifamily investment company acquiring complexes of 100 units or greater in the major Southeast markets. Chris's vision has led QC Capital to become a well-respected high return investment firm. So uh, Chris, once again, welcome to the show. You've accomplished so much at a young age. Um, Thank you. I want you to uh, talk about your story, how you got into real estate, what you're working on, and uh, take it from there. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you again for having me and uh, super excited to add value to your listeners. Um, So I started out uh, in the single family industry, uh, selling single family real estate. And uh, from there, I I just had a passion for it. Uh, I remember growing up and um, as a young kid, I would ride my bike through uh, a neighborhood that had multi-million dollar homes and uh, just looked at it and was in awe about the style of the house, the way it was designed and uh, told myself one day I will be in here. One day I'll have one of these homes. And so I was just so fascinated about real estate. It was always different. I can't do the same thing over and over in a cubicle with thousands of people. Um, So I got into multi or I got into single family real estate sales and I also wanted a um a a job that was 100% commission because I knew I knew I would outwork my competition and I knew that my the money will flow with my my work ethic. Um it will follow my work ethic. So that's why I got into real estate sales. Very quickly gained a success uh which landed me in the position of operating the number one team uh in the Carolinas was able to make them a 46% profitable on one year year compared to their three years of just being stagnant with no growth. And uh, I felt like I hit a peak very quickly. And I, so I sat back and I said, okay, well, what's next? You know, I, I, I felt like I hit my limit. So I said, well, brokeraging real estate's not in the game monopoly or, you know, I didn't re- read that in the rule book, so I don't think it is. So I said, I need to own real estate. So I said, okay, what asset class was the strongest between 08 and 2012? And it was multifamily. And even during this virus that we have now, well, Walker and Dunlap yesterday on their call said multifamily is the strongest asset. Why? Because it's a necessity. We need shelter. What's happening in the United States right now? They're sending everybody home. Everyone needs to go home and work. Everyone needs shelter. It's not going away. It will not go away. So I said, I need to go to multifamily. The reason why I left single family uh, and is single family investments because you have one roof, one tenant under them. If that tenant leaves, what happens? You're paying the mortgage. You're paying all the repairs. Uh, the numbers just don't make sense. So 
uh, we focus on 100 plus units because the numbers make sense when you're over 100 plus units. Um, so that's when I said I'm focusing directly on multifamily. I will not look into any other asset class just yet. Um, but right now it's strictly multifamily because it's a necessity. We need shelter and it's not going away. So that's, uh, that's how I got into the business. I uh, ended up hiring a, a coach, Joe Fairless, as a personal coach and mentor and advisor to our company. Um, and from there, within seven months, we were able to grow it uh, to a little over 40 million and 364 units. Our goal this year, even though with uh, what's going on, is a minimum of a 100 million assets under management. So we're very excited to achieve that, and uh, I think we will. Awesome. No, that's that's a lot of information to digest there. Like you, you like I said, you've accomplished so much. Um, you kind of learned uh, real estate was the, a route to go, you know, yeah. at, a, at a young age. Um, and, and and I hear people say this all the time. Oh, I wish I got started earlier. I wish I found this out earlier. I know. Why? Why was it? Or how did you learn about it? And and what was it that trigger that kind of like made you think this is what I need to be and this is what I need to be doing with my, my free time with my, for the rest of my life with, for my career, what was it that trigger? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So I would definitely say my father had an impact on it. Um, opening me, I am opening my eyes up to the real estate world. Um, and how, uh, how real estate is, uh, for bro the brokerage side, how it's operated. Um, but I do remember, uh, when I was, um, you know, when everyone's in their, in their younger days, they, they are in high school, they go to spring break. And normally the kids go and want to party. Well, what I did was I sat in Barnes and Noble, which uh, hopefully they're still around. More than likely, they're going to start closing stores. But I sat in Barnes and Noble uh, in the business uh, section of investing. Uh, they have a finance section actually, and it has investing. And it was uh, about stocks, bonds, mutual funds, futures, uh, commodities, um, oil and gas, and then real estate. Um, so I started reading all those books and uh, figured that the very wealthy individuals have a high stake of their investments into real estate. Um, once they built it up, then they started diversing into oil and gas, stocks, bonds, but their bulk, their bulk foundation was real estate. So I said, well, if they're all very, I mean, because I, I study wealthy individuals and uh, when I say that, I mean billionaires. Um, and when I study them, their bulk of their foundation um, is real estate. So I said, okay, well, if they're really focusing on real estate very heavily and then diversing once they built their real estate portfolio up into a, over a billion dollars, then that's the, that's the route I need to go. Um, so that right there really opened my eyes up to the real estate world. Um, and then I was working two jobs before I got into single family sales. And then I hopped straight into multifamily and cut single family sales cold turkey uh, to do multifamily full time. Awesome. So you mentioned that you studied billionaires. Could you yes. tell us about how, how you did that? Like, was it a book? Was it was a resource. Can you talk about that? Yeah, great question. I do it on a daily basis because my goal is to achieve that status, um, which I know I will. Um, so I do it on a daily basis when it comes to it. I follow Forbes, Business Insider, Entrepreneur. They post a lot of stuff about it. Um, I also read about it. Um, I would say a, a great book that I, I love is um, One, Think and Grow Rich, but Mistakes Millionaires Make. And it really talks about individuals who grow a huge high net worth and lose it all and then gain it all back. Um, but 
I, I dive really deep into it. So if Forbes posts something about a billionaire or if someone says anything about a billionaire, I really dive into that person. So I, I research them, how they became and uh, achieved that certain level of success. Uh, what route did they go? Why they invested into it? What their company looks like? Uh, why did they? Co why did their company fail? Why did it succeed? It? Who? Uh, what contacts did they make? I, I really dig into it um, and I find out why they, you know, some, a lot of them, they failed at the beginning. So I find out why they failed, what decisions did they make uh, to fail, um, what decisions do they make to rebound and then to succeed. So I, I dig really deep into all of that. Um, and I just surround myself with it and with that mindset. I mean, it's, it's extremely important to do that. And I, I want to show you something real quick is that um, I, if I have the Google app on my iPhone, and because I surround myself with that, and I believe in laws of attraction, um, what you surround yourself with, you'll end up becoming, look what pops up. Yep. yep. It says, where are the billionaires? Right there. On my Google page. Big name guys there. <laughs> so every time I every time I pop up on my Google page, which that's a big help, I just click Google and it already has articles that they know that I'm going to love. And it's all about billionaires, what they're doing, what type of businesses they're investing in, you know, the toys that they're buying, all about it. So I just click on Google and boom, there we go. Could you? Uh, I know my some of my audience is going to be listening to this. Uh, just the audio. Could you? Could you talk about? Uh, there's a few different faces that showed up on there. Yeah, let me pull it up. So, so you have Bill Gates on there. Uh, you have Jeff Bezos, and you have uh, what's the gentleman who has uh, the Amazon of uh, Asia? Um, Jack Young, I believe his name is. Yeah. But yeah, so he he created the Amazon, but over in um, over in Asia, and he has a phenomenal story of how uh, he uh, got turned down from working at uh, Chick-fil-A, or not Chick-fil-A, excuse me, they don't have that, um, uh, KFC. Um, he got uh, turned down from working at the police department, uh, and he ended up creating uh, the Amazon, but in China, um, Jack Ma, and uh, became a billionaire. Um, so his company is uh, Alibaba, and then they uh, have uh, um, Bloomberg up there. Um, I don't know why, but they have Bloomberg up there. <laughs> uh, but then you have Bill Gates, you know, founder uh, and the individual who created Microsoft. So um, I'm going to read that article once we get finished here to find out, you know, what they're doing and uh, what that article is about. So. so I know I've heard you talk about it numerous times about being a billionaire and, I, and you know that you will accomplish that and just Correct. kind of setting your mindset in that direction and setting that big, massive goal. <laughs> and I'm going to use, I don't know if you've heard this, uh, I think it's Jim Collins, his book, The, the BHAG, The Big, Hairy, Audacious Goal. Have you, have you heard of that before? I have not. I'll have to order it. You'll have to, uh, well, that's not the name of the book. Um, it's, I think it's called Good to Great. Uh, by Jim Collins. That uh, sounds very familiar. I'll have to order it if I don't about, have it. Uh, you know, having a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. I love so, it. I mean, that sounds like, I mean, you're becoming a billionaire is your big, massive goal. Um, could you talk about how setting big goals has helped you accelerate your career in oh, yeah. forward and how you've grown and scaled up so fast? Love it. I love that question. And, um, you know, when you set big goals like that, uh, those big goals are big goals for you. They're not big goals for everybody. Um, and, uh, you know, it really comes down to your mindset. So I believe in meditation, meditating in the mornings and in the evenings. That's what I do. 
Um, my happy, my happy place is meditating in the shower because of the sound of the water. Um, and it just, it calms me and relieves my stress. So, um, I, I always say is find a happy place. Yoga is great go. If it's yoga, fine, do yoga. If it's just sitting in a park, go sit at a park for 20, 30 minutes. Um, if it's driving around in the car, go do that, but find your happy place where you can meditate and really build your mind. Um, one thing I, I talk about even in Canada, even in the United States, no matter where you are in the in the world, uh, if you join uh, the military services, the first week is a very tough week. And it's because the military will tear your brain down mentally and then build it up into a soldier. And that's what you need to do with real estate. You need to tear your brain down mentally and build it up with all this knowledge. Um, so I built it up with all this knowledge and um, I, I want to achieve and I will achieve that certain level of success because I know that the more money you have, the more people you can help uh, and give back and really make a difference. So uh, when it comes to it, it's really creating a strong and positive mindset uh, to think that big and to hit those large goals because you're going to have people that are the closest to you. And when I mean the closest, you're going to be surprised when they come out. They're going to be the closest to you and say, yeah, you know, maybe you should not think that big. You know, uh, maybe you're not going to hit that goal or maybe you shouldn't tell people that that's your goal because, uh, you know, it's just, it's too big. And I, and I've been told that, uh, been told that from people who I thought were close business partners, um, people who I thought were close friends of mine. And my answer and my response to them from that is that, you know, sometimes these big goals are, uh, un unachievable. Um, they're also, um, just, uh, out of your thinking. Um, which I respect your opinion. Thank you so much. Um, but once I achieve those goals, um, then I'll be able to prove you wrong. Um, and that when they, when people tell me that, that just motivates me. It motivates me to work harder. It motivates me to um, wake up earlier to, uh, you know, um, work more hours in the day to show them that once I achieve that level of success, then it, it's there. And, you know, it, I proved them wrong. No, and that's great. And that's, that's such a good point because by you actually putting your big goal out there and sharing this massive, you know, thing you want to achieve. Um, you're actually, like you said, working harder because now people in your close network, you know, can follow up with you and say, Hey, Chris, how's that goal going? You know, how, how, how far are you along in that? Like, are you proceeding? Are you, are you doing the things? And it's almost a level of accountability just from your right. inner network, from just telling people about it. And I think that can have big, a big impact on, on how you actually work because you know you're getting judged by your 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 peers, your colleagues, and, and people in your friends, family, like, um, and that can be you know, motivating. So so that's great, just kind of getting that big goal out there and sharing it with people and talking about it. Um, but I want to um, break down a little bit more into the um, not, not not necessarily the mindset because you talked about setting that big goal. A lot of people can go and do that, and um, and but they don't actually take the steps, so the action correct. In, in to, to make it happen, right? So talk about how um, you set that goal and then you come back to reality and today, like every single day, the steps that you take to actually, mm -hmm. you know, bring it into reality. And, um, you know, you hear people about, you, you've talked about motivation and getting educated, but you see in this industry, the people that succeed versus the people that know everything about it, but they haven't done any deals, That that's a big stumbling block. So can you tell a Talk about how you actually bring that back into reality and take the, the steps required to, to take massive action. I love it. 
cool. I, I love it. I love it. And uh, one thing, you know, when we spoke before uh, this, this podcast is that you asked, you know, is there anything I want to talk about or not want to talk about? And I told you, I said, I want to give 99% of every, or I want to give 100% of everything I have because 99% of the people will not take it and make massive action, but there's only that 1% that will. Um, and I think it definitely comes down to that, the level of fear. Uh, it definitely comes down to a level of doubt because uh, as you soak up so much information, you start to then doubt yourself to actually go out there and take massive action. Or, and that fear also kicks in on, what if I actually go out there and take massive action and I fail? Oh, no, no, I don't want to fail. So I'm just going to just do what I do and I'm going to stay in my comfort zone. Well, then you'll never succeed. You'll never grow. You'll never hit a large goal. Um, you'll never even think big enough to reach that goal. So you need to go out there and take massive action. But not only you take massive action, hire a coach, hire a mentor, one, to help push you to take massive action, two, to help limit your mistakes through that journey, and three, it, you'll reach your success a lot quicker than they did because they may not have a coach or even if they did, you'll be able to reach massive success at a quicker uh, level uh, by having someone say, look, don't, don't go ahead and take that, um, that, that route, go ahead and uh, do this. So it, uh, you know, it, it, it's 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 a big step, and to really just go out there and do it, uh, it comes down to you. It comes down to your mindset. It comes down to your positivity to go ahead and take that massive leap and that uh, that massive uh, level uh, to reach that success. So I think mindset and positivity is uh, is huge when it comes to it. I think it's a uh, very important um, to really uh, to push you through that that doubt and fear. Because that's why people don't take massive action is because they're being doubted by themselves or other people around them and that fear of failing. The right, biggest right. failure in individuals is not them actually failing. It's them doubting themselves. That's right. the biggest failure of individuals and doubting themselves. So if you have that positive mindset, that energy, uh, that uh, the knowledge behind it, you can hop and uh, go ahead and do it. I'm like we discussed uh, earlier. I'm creating a fund, a large fund, uh, for our first for our company's first time fund, and it's it's a pretty large fund. And uh, I'm gaining all my knowledge in the past week. And right now, I'm listening to Audible books when I'm working. I have YouTube up, listening to other interviews of wealth managers across the world um, and uh, wealth fund managers across the world on why, you know, where they're raising capital, how are they raising capital, you know, what are they deploying it into, how are they speaking about the fund. I'm soaking up all my information about it so I can become an expert into it. And then now I'm just going to use my mindset to go and meet with these individuals build that relationships with them. They already know what I'm talking about and they'll invest. No, that's awesome. And I want to take a little bit of a step back. Uh, you, talk, you brought up the fund there, but I, I want to get into that, but uh, rewind a little bit where you brought up um, having a business coach or mentor yes, yes. Uh, and the level of accountability that comes with that and how that can actually springboard um, your level of success in your know, personal and in, 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 in your career. Um, and you mentioned that you've had, well, you went out and got the best coach. And I yes. agree with a great coach, um, Joe Fairless. Um, I'm, I'm actually looking over to my left on my my desk here. I've got his uh, best ever apartment syndication book ever sitting on my desk beside me. I mean, it's it's even, uh, I'm going to speak to this a little bit first, and I'll let you you know, continue. But even if you're just surrounding yourself with the people, like reading the book, learning the knowledge of what a guy like him who's had massive success in real estate oh, yeah. for a period of time, he's teaching you all of this tips and tricks and, and secrets on how 
you know, he learned the business and how he's had success in it. And if you can sure. even, you can almost categorize it of, of, you know, hanging around the best people by listening to them talk. I mean, you're talking about listening to YouTube and, you know, a podcast. Like I, I feel like I've learned a lot from you because you share so much value on your podcast, right? Thank you. So Thank you. It's stuff like that. It's like, I'm speaking to more of the, the, the coaching through the, um, just digitally, like listening to somebody talk, like an yeah. interview. Like you can learn so much. And it's so, it's, I don't mean to interrupt. All this is free. Go out and do it. Take that massive action. You're not in front of anyone. Listen to YouTube videos. I just, I just read a post that someone posted me in saying during this time, uh, come, you, you need to hop on YouTube. You need to listen to podcasts like yours to gain that mass, that gain all that education. So then you can go take massive action. Uh, and no matter what career it is, there's podcasts for everything out there. And YouTube, YouTube has all the content you need out there. Go YouTube it. Po- pop up on pod, on a podcast, iTunes, and research what you want to do and just start soaking up all that information. Right. No, that's something for you on an interview the other day where you're talking about how you actually go and mentor your old uh, business school or yeah. your class. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I'll let you kind of share the story on that. Uh, yeah. So um, so I uh, went to Winthrop University for about a year and a half, studied uh, business entrepreneurship there, but realized college was the best business. I realized that um, that you one here in the United States is that you cannot file for bankruptcy against a student loan and that the government is guaranteed their money. If you don't pay, they go into your bank account and take their money. So I realized that very quickly. I realized that um, the, I was doing 2x plus y divided by 4 x is what is z and i'm like listen i've never received a bill that gave me this type of formula and i had to calculate it to get me what my balance was i said this is ridiculous so i then started um really seeing all this and i decided to leave get in um, i was working two jobs um, right after, and then I knew I was going into real estate, um, and I decided to, you know, really just soak up a ton of knowledge in real estate. Um, and as the success I gained, um, well, actually that was year two. As that uh, success I gained, I got reached out to by the business department at the previous college, and they said we'd love to have you back to mentor the students um, from what you've done and the success you've gained. We'd love to, uh, you know, watch you help and. You know, I, I uh, we had to fill out an application on who we would be our who would be our ideal mentee, and I said I want someone who is failing. I want someone who um, because if they're failing, their mindset's not in the right place. I want someone who you know really is not all not all there when it comes to academics. And um, they always gave me those individuals, and I was able to get their mindset right, turn them around, find mentoring or uh, tutoring for them, you know, and really help them and pour my energy into them where they were able to, you know, uh, complete a semester with a high GPA and feel confident about themselves. And during the summer, go out and find internships that uh, in line with their end all goal at the very end of uh, them graduating. So it was very beneficial. I love doing it. I love giving back all the people who I um, mentored. They have my personal number so they can text me whenever they want or whenever they're feeling down and I'm able to you know boost them up and uh, help them through any situation so yeah no that's awesome thanks for sharing that and i know i got a little bit sidetracked there because i wanted you to talk about the the benefits of having an actual personal coach and, okay yeah uh, and, uh, sorry <laughs> i can of, talk for days on this i love yeah, it I know. I, it's my fault i kind of I, I took you off on a tangent there but i want to backpedal a little bit and let you just yeah. share about what 
you know, how that's elevated your career and your business, you know, working with somebody, a mentor like Joe Fairless. Oh yeah, for sure. So, um, really a mentor like Joe Fairless or any mentor. And I actually, I created a coaching program to help individuals as well, but I don't market it out. Um, it's, it's, it's very important. And like I said earlier, having a mentor, having a coach, having a business, uh, person there is, uh, is so important because they help limit your mistakes, uh, going into, you know, creating a company, uh, as an entrepreneur, you're doing everything. You're doing the paperwork, you're doing the editing for the videos, you're pouring out the content, you're doing everything. And to have a, a mentor or business coach to say, look, this is what you need to do. You need to hire a VA or you need to use Upwork to leverage, you know, your little small paperwork tasks. You need to hire an intern. You need to, you know, leverage uh, what your weaknesses, what, what your weaknesses is to someone else's strength. Um, and that is, it just helps you. It helps you create massive success a lot quicker than if you tried to do it on your own. In this business and in any business, it's all about relationships. Um, I have a very close friend of mine and uh, he invests alongside of us into real estate. Uh, he's a, a president of a public company, very large company, over 1,500 employees. And I asked him, I said, because uh, Duke Energy is on his, uh, the CEO of Duke Energy is on his board. And I said, well, you know, how, how do people get on boards? And I knew this answer, but I wanted to hear it from someone who's high up and uh, an executive. He said, it's all about relationships. It's who you know. Once you become a CEO, then you go to hop to a board, um, but it's who you know to get onto those boards. So uh, building strong relationships uh, is also key because a mentor and a business coach can help you and to open those doors for you, to give you those introductions. But like you said at the very beginning, it, it comes down to actually wanting it. Don't expect if you paid a lot of money for a mentor or a coach that they're going to hold your hand and, you know, put you in a, a stroller and walk you through to the, the, the gates of success and you can just walk in. No, you need to, you know, really drive that car. You need to put them in that stroller and you need to pull them to the gates of success. And they're going to say, look, hey, go down this path. Don't go down that path. Go down this path. Don't go down that one. Uh, so they're going to guide you to the gates, but you need to be the one pulling and pushing and uh, doing whatever it takes to get to those gates. You brought up some key points there about, I mean, especially in real estate, the biggest thing is your relationships, your yes. network, right? Could you talk about how you've been able to grow your network and build uh, really strong relationships? And I'm going to go back to maybe even in, for the investment. I mean, if you're raising capital, the biggest thing from investors is you need to have a relationship with them where they know, like, and trust you. So mm -hmm. can you talk about how you've been able to develop solid relationships and some of the tips that you know my listeners might be able to learn from that? Yeah, very much so. I think um, that's a great, uh, you know, three-step analogy. Um, but really, as I did dive deep into it, and you know, I'm studying funds very heavily. Um, they have to know and like you, um, and uh, trust is a big part. Uh, but you would definitely be surprised uh, how much funds are just being thrown around. Um, so it's it's very important to build relationships. To uh, you know, have uh, the investors know you, what your goals are as a company and as an individual. Um, and so I think it's very important to, you know, one, be transparent and be upfront. Um, I don't have a filter. I tell it how it is. And um, if they ask any questions, I get asked, well, what's the risk? Risk, we lose all of our money. You know, what, what's the risk in investing in the stock market a month ago? 
it was good because it was up. But what in the United States right now, what is it? It's down big time. So uh, the risk is, is that, you know, we lose all of our money. So it's being transparent, being upfront with them, letting them know how uh, and how you're going to operate the property, letting them know the goals for the company uh, and that if it aligns with their goals, and, uh, you know, and turning down some people if you need to, you know, don't take everyone. Uh, I've turned down um, a handful of people because uh, they weren't qualified and I didn't feel comfortable, um, you know, having someone uh, being in a partner and investing alongside of us into an entity. So it's very important to uh, understand that and to really get a good grasp on that. Um, but uh, when it comes to raising capital, it's really building strong relationships with them, not only in the, uh, the business world, but in their personal life and to, you know, go out, have beer with them or have a, a cup of coffee or, you know, lunch or dinner with them and their family um, and actually care about them. Uh, that's where you'll see your, uh, if you're raising capital, that they'll be uh, really um, honest and truthful with you and that you can build stronger relationships. Uh, tapping into it also, social media has been a huge platform for us pouring out great content, educating people, showing people our morals, our, our goals as a company, what we're looking to do has been a huge stepping stone for us to get into building those relationships. Um, and that's for anybody. On Instagram, I chat with billionaires on Instagram, uh, a billionaire developer in Miami and one in Austin. Um, and I just, I, talk to them about real estate um, and they're open to doing it because they're opening, uh, they like what I post, but they're opening to talk real estate. Everyone loves to do that. So social media has been a huge platform to open those doors, um, LinkedIn, you name it. So, yeah. I just found this out in, in the uh, call that we had right before the, uh, we went live with this recording, but you told me that you're going to, I know you've mentioned a couple times now, uh, you're going to be launching a fund, yes. right? And, and not everybody's familiar with a fund or a real estate fund and how it works. Um, I know I'm familiar with it. I, I, I work with a fund. So I'd like, um, you know, some of our listeners are going to be more familiar with uh, single family or even syndication type of, of multifamily investments. But can you talk about how a fund works and, and what you're looking to accomplish with the fund that you're going to be launching? Yeah, great question. So when it comes to a fund, um, really, and that's we dove deep into it before this. But um, you know, I asked you, you know, who, how, where are you deploying the asset or the capital? You know, how are you raising capital? All that because when you create a fund, you can create a fund for anything. Uh, if it's a startup, if it's a you know venture capital, if it's a equity, if it's oil and gas, if it's you name it, you can create a fund for whatever you want. Um, and you can have anyone invest in a fund. Uh, a fund across the board can be. Uh, it just it depends how you structure it. Um, it can get confusing. A five, seven year, ten year, twenty year fund um, giving out certain amount of capital. Uh, you can structure it however you want. How we're structuring it is uh, is a uh, 250 $200, $250 million dollar fund. Um, we are targeting large players. So we're targeting uh, endowments, state pensions, state funds of retirements for teachers, police officers, firefighters. We're targeting them to invest in our fund. So we're targeting individuals who can write 50 or 50 to 60, 70 million dollar checks. Uh, we also are looking at uh, international banks, um, other, so, you know, royal families to invest as well. Um, but that is what that is who we are looking to invest uh, on 
into the fund, which we will be deploying the our fund into multifamily real estate assets. Uh, and our first fund will be deployed into sponsorship funds. So uh, if, you, for example, you came to us and had a great deal, we would interview you, obviously underwrite the deal, ensure it met our guidelines for our fund, and then we would give LP equity to that. Uh, to that deal. That is what we're looking to do for our first fund. Um, our second fund uh, will be to deploy it into our own assets, um, but, uh, but that's what we're looking to do right now for our first one. It may change. It may be a, a, a split that 250 into deploying it into sponsors or de and deploying it into our own deals. Um, so that's uh, on the horizon right now. So lots of things moving forward, uh, but we feel very confident with uh, our track record, our, our experience, our knowledge, that we are able to fully fund a $250 million fund uh, coming up here this year. No, that's amazing. And, and that'll put you well on your way to accomplish your goal of being, you know, having a billion dollars worth of real estate. So I'm really excited for you. And thank you. Um, and it sounds like the way that you're deploying it is, is you're raising the capital into your fund and then deploying it into other operators or potentially even other funds. So, Correct. I mean, I, I've heard it being termed as uh, you would be starting what's called a fund of funds because you're starting a fund that then deploys capital into other funds or other operators. Now, I want to ask you, like, what would be the, the benefit of, of investing into an entity like a fund? What's the, what's the differences um, that would make it beneficial over doing a single asset uh, syndication? Great question. So when it comes to, um, you know, when it comes to a, uh, a syndicator, um, are we asking it from like a syndicator point of view or are we asking it from an LP investing? Take it either way you want. Let's do both. So from a syndicator point of view, I lost out two recent deals here in the last couple months to large funds. They came in, they paid cash, they either refinanced the property, took some of the equity back out, or then they, uh, they came in, paid cash, sold uh, that property for the same price to another entity and then took that fund or took those funds and dumped it back into their uh, operating account. So uh, you lose out because uh, you have the proof of funds, you have liquidity right there. As a seller, you feel more comfortable going and picking a buyer who has a fund compared to picking a syndicator who has to raise the funds in a sort, sort amount of period of time. So that's one of the reasons. From an LP point of view, um, I would say, you know, investing in a fund could be very beneficial. Um, I would invest into a, uh, into a syndication because you're probably going to get a higher amount of return uh, when it comes to it. Uh, when it comes to these large individuals that are writing these checks, uh, they are looking for, you know, a, not a large return like a syndication. Um, they're looking for a more of a smaller, safer return uh, where they can park their money. So it just definitely depends. But I know a lot of people invest in the REITs and some people do invest in the funds where, you know, a fund's very similar to a syndication. Uh, but the difference is, is that you actually have to go ahead and you're locking your funds up instead of a syndication where, um, you know, if you ask the sponsor, you could more than likely get your funds back. It just all depends. Um, but from a syndicator point of view, I highly recommend, you know, eventually going into a fund route. That's what we will be doing. Really appreciate you sharing all of that information on, on yeah. funds because it's, 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 it's a space that I'm familiar with, but as you kind of see more people get into syndications and, and people sharing information about it, um, I don't, I don't, 
find, at least from my point of view, that there's there's as much information out there about funds. But I think it's going to become a more popular avenue as, as syndicators are scaling up and they're looking for different options and and uh, can really make that determination of which route it makes more sense. You know, operating a, a, a single asset syndication model or, you know, eventually rolling in multiple assets and diversifying um, in in a fund. So no, really great insight there. Um, I know we're coming, coming up against the clock here. So I want to start, uh, you know, wrapping up this conversation. Um, we're going to take it into our final four questions. So you can just give short to the point answers. Let's do it. All right. So, you know, you've talked about how you love learning and educating yourself. So what is your favorite real estate or business book? Uh, I would say I, I sit at earlier and I'm looking at my books right now as we speak. Um, I would say uh, the best one is what million um, mistakes millionaires make. Um, it's a red book. It really it, each chapter is totally different, which I love, and it really sucks you in. Um, but it, it tells you really these individuals who create massive success to 300 million uh, net worth, even a billion, they lose it all and then they gain it all back. And then it tells you, you know, what type of interest you need. It really dives deep into it. I love that book. I love Think and Grow Rich. Uh, those are just phenomenal books. So what is one thing you wish you knew when you got started in real estate investing? Why didn't I start earlier? I wish I started earlier. Um, um, really, you know, it's uh, uh, and knowing when I first got started, relationships are key, building strong relationships. And that's and that's so interesting. I mean, take notes, listeners. This is this is coming from somebody that started very young, and and he's even looking back and saying, "I wish I started earlier." So even those yeah. those people that are you know they've got kids or they're in high school or they're in elementary school, get get them started learning early. Learn this concept. Oh, for sure. Uh, talk to let them read Rich Dad Poor Dad. Get the get their mindset right. And 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 uh, no, that's really good insight there. Um, so next one here is, but what's a daily habit that helps you be successful in real estate? Ooh, I love that. Um, there's a handful I do, but meditation is one, um, you know, really thinking and honing in on what I'm going to do that day. And then, uh, what I have done that day, uh, to be productive. Cause a lot of people get mixed up being busy and productive, totally two different things. Um, so I would say meditation is huge. And then also staying on top of the market, reading articles and just knowing what's going on. So you can, uh, pivot your business. Awesome. So what do you do for fun? I, um, what I, what I don't, when I'm not, uh, working, which I work a lot, uh, I'd like to work, uh, 12 hours Monday through Friday. Um, but I love hanging out with the family. I love watching movies and documentaries with the family. Um, that's, uh, that's, they get my time when I'm not, uh, working. So. Awesome. And it's, it's important to, to, to find a way to, to almost unplug, but, you know, have that, that family time where you're giving complete focus and, and it's easy to have yes. divided, divided uh, attention and always kind of be on. And one thing, one thing I want to, uh, real touch on real quick is Bill Gates once a year will, uh, spend one week out of the year, just him, not his wife. He will go to a cabin and read a ton of books, no technology, nothing. He'll unplug from the world, uh, for one week out of the year and go read a ton of books. So it, it you need that time. You know, when certain individuals say, you know, and I, I work a lot, minimum 12 hours, Monday through Friday, 
and I work on the weekends too. Um, but I need time to relax and to wind down my brain and to spend time with, you know, family and to laugh and have a good time. Uh, and when people are, you know, like Elon Musk, he says he works all the time. I don't, you know, I don't think he works all the time. I think there's, your body needs time to recuperate. Your body needs time to calm down and to really build that, your brain back up. No, and that's true. And, and, and even looking at, I'm not going to go off on a tangent here too much because I'm going to wrap it up. So like a guy like Elon Musk, I mean, he, yes, he does work a lot. He's had a lot of success, but some of these guys that have had massive success from the world's point of view, you look at their personal life and it's in shambles. I mean, they're unhealthy. They're, you know, the relationships are poor. They're, they're, you know, putting themselves out there to grow this business or do accomplish this, this task they set out to, but they're neglecting all these other items. So uh, just I'm going to close on that point. It's, it's important just to have balance and, and time management, time management and, and make, make sure that you, you spend time on the things that matter to you and, and that's that right. important. So um, yeah, well, Chris, Really, it was such a great pleasure to have you on the show. Really appreciate you you coming yeah. and, and and sharing some value. Like it, you have so much knowledge and so much value. You've you accomplished so much. So really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to uh, add value to everybody, and can't wait to come on in a year to see uh, the progress I've made. Yeah, yeah. No, you're gonna have to tell us about how that fund's going, and, and I'm, I'm assuming it'll be fully funded by them. But uh, oh, it will be. <laughs> I'll have to interview you again and hear hear. I about love it. So, all right, Chris, take care. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. Bye. To connect with Chris, you can email him at chris at qccapitalgroup.com. You can follow him on Instagram at chris underscore salerno underscore. You can also join his multifamily Facebook group by searching Mindful Multifamily Network. If you want to get in touch with me directly to learn more about real estate or to see all of the available podcast episodes and show notes, visit my website, marcuscron.com. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. If you enjoy the podcast or if it provides value in any way, make sure to leave a five-star review. This helps the show attract top quality guests who will be able to provide even more insight into how you can build wealth through real estate. Talk to you next time.